Welcome to episode 11 of Advanced Scout, your favorite podcast about clutch baseball, a card game that's actually a board game about a ball game. I'm Paul Seeley, manager of the Fed Weezy Fusion. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that Clutch has a Discord, and it is awesome. Chat about the game, play games, check out cool team building resources, start building a team for an upcoming league, and more. Come join us. A link to the Discord will be in the description of this podcast. Alright, so I got this really cool idea for a prank. I want to run this by you. So first things first. You order, like, maybe $1,000 of food at Chipotle, but you got to do it on the app. So you're ordering it ahead of time. Make sure you give them some time, because, you know, the employees there, they got a lot of time. You got to give them some time to make that stuff. Make sure they're not too stressed out. You know, try to be polite to them. And then... You know, once they've made all your food, you know, they put it on that shelf and they have the shelf of all the the mobile orders. So, you know, your all of your Chipotle food is just going to fill that shelf. And then what you do is you just never pick it up. That shelf is going to be so full. They're not going to have room for anybody's orders. They might have to get a second shelf for more food. You know, normally they might throw away food like that after a day, but, I mean, you spent so much money on this. Maybe they'll keep it up for a few days. They're not going to know what to do. It's perfect. It's the best plan. And, you know, maybe you can just drive by and, like, see what's going on and just think, (laughs) got him. Now, I know you're thinking, okay, there's an obvious flaw here in this plan. You're spending money on stuff you're not using. And, yeah, that's pretty bad. And this kind of scenario often applies to clutch baseball as well. Where, if you're building a team, you have an idea of what you want, you pick some players you like, and you realize you're spending money on stuff you're not using. Whether that's spending a lot of money on a lot of clutch and you're not planning on using it or you're spending money on really low singles or on lots of home runs and all your dudes are fast and you're not going to have guys on bases that much anyway or you have a really good starting rotation and your bullpen is amazing and you're not going to get to use it all there's a lot of scenarios in which you're spending points on stuff that you don't need and you won't be using So, what I thought I would do today is go through my building process of my High Heat 2021 team and kind of go through what I'm thinking. Because you you might not come to the exact same conclusions I have, but if I tell you what I'm thinking, what I'm prioritizing, how I'm going about it, that can help you figure out how you're supposed to build your team and kind of how to make sure you have a good idea of what you're doing. 
So I think the first thing that's important here is I always start with the players because there are some players I just think are better than others, whether that's because of the meta, whether that's because they utilize the best strategy cards the best, or whether that's because I just think they're a better value for the price. There are certain cards that I think are just very good values. And so I really want to prioritize those. So I know I've talked a bit about this before. I really think that low-ending starting pitchers are the best value. I think you don't need a 7-ending, 8-ending, 9-ending starting pitcher that's going to cost you more per inning than it will to just have a deep bullpen that you don't need a long starter for. And I think that's not a hard rule I go by, but that's something I use at least pretty heavily to make decisions. And so for me, I knew I wanted good four-inning and five-inning starters. And some teams in this league have done really well with mediocre to bad four-inning and five-inning starters, and I didn't really consider those, and I probably should have, because they've done pretty well. But I went in thinking, okay, I want good four- and five-inning starters. So if that's my restriction, that's a really narrow restriction right there are only there are very very few pitchers who fit that restriction and your restriction might be something different it might be i want to build a certain kind of team it might be i really value this specific part of a card something like that uh the only thing i would recommend is just make sure you have a reason behind why that is your restriction so one example that I give is when I was building my team for Polar Power, I had St. Louis Stadium. And St. Louis Stadium gives you a card, you draw a card if you get a double play on defense. And so the first draft I made of a team was I wanted batters that had greater than 15 speed and at least three to four defense. And I made the team and I hated it. Because if that's your restriction, that's a really narrow restriction, and I'm not getting a ton of benefit out of it, right? Like, the stadium is nice, but drawing a card for every double play isn't going to win me the game. There are very few stadiums in which that benefit you're getting from building around is so good that you should just ignore everything else. I would say NYA is a pretty good stadium to build around. Atlanta is a pretty good one. Boston is a pretty good one. But in general, most stadiums, I think, will give you benefits that are nice, but not as good as just having a good team. So I think in most circumstances, you know... Maybe you think, okay, I want to build a fast team. And my answer would be, I don't 
know if I recommend that. Although there is a fast team doing really, really well in high heat right now. But if that's what you want, then cool. That's not bad, right? If you want a team that has really high clutch, you plan on using a ton of clutch cards. Okay, cool. Just have a reasoning behind it as opposed to, well, sure. Just make sure you think about, like, what what am I prioritizing? Is that the right thing to prioritize? Because for me, I prioritized very good four and five inning pitchers. And when I look back, you know, maybe I didn't need to prioritize that. And I could have gone with some cheaper starters because restricting myself to that definitely lowered my options elsewhere. But that was the restriction. That was the most important thing to me. So because of that, I have very, very few options of my starting pitchers. So the first part of my team was I wanted Kirk Reeder, Julio Urias, Matt Moore, and Tony Gonsolin. To me, those were far and above my favorite starting pitchers. I thought they were the best value for the price. Uh, they fit a style of play that I work really well with, that worked well for me in Polar Power. They're not particularly replaceable in other ways. I mean, some of them kind of are, but in general, to me, there wasn't a replacement for those. There's not another card that is comparable to those in my eyes. You know, there are similar cards, like Brent Suter's pretty good, and, you know, you could find somebody like Daniel Norris or something like that, but to me, I liked those definitively better than the other options, and that was what I wanted to prioritize, and so that's what I started with. It's already a lot of points for a rotation, but to me, that was most important. So I started with the least replaceable thing. And then I go to what's the next least replaceable thing. And for me, that was the lineup, at least the beginning of the lineup. And my reasoning for that is basically, I want, I know I'm going to want a good deep bullpen, but there's tons of relievers. There are definitely certain guys I'm going to want, but... You know, specific guys, specific prices are not necessarily going to be necessary. Like, yeah, there's definitely certain kinds of pitchers I want in my bullpen. But, you know, whereas in the starting rotation, my restriction is very, very large. It's a very small amount of people that are going to fit my restriction of what I want in my rotation and my bullpen I just kind of want good pitchers and like I want specific types of good pitchers but there's still plenty of options among those and so yeah if I get to the bullpen and I can't fulfill those I'll have to go back and change but there's not a specific card I need in my bullpen and maybe that's something you need you want in your bullpen and that's fine but for me there's so many relievers that I didn't want any particular one I didn't think any particular one was amazing value and I had to have it and all of that and in general relievers are cheaper so in general they're not going to restrict your 
like one reliever is not going to restrict your budget a ton. Maybe somebody like Dallin Patances or Koji Uehara might be a little restrictive. So maybe if that's somebody you just have to have on your team for whatever reason, um, I'm not sure I would agree that you have to have them on your team. But if you if you feel that way, maybe that's something you have to put in there. But regardless, to me the next least replaceable thing was my lineup top of my lineup because for me there are two players that i love i wanted to get in my lineup and those are jeff mcneil and jordan alvarez and the reason i wanted those batters is because to me i think they provide the best value of what i want they are negative clutch which for me is fine. I don't have a problem with it. Other managers will disagree with that, and that's fine. But for me, I wasn't going to make use of clutch cards. I'm not particularly afraid of opponents using clutch cards against me. And if they do, I think I have ways I can play around that. And so for me, those were the guys I wanted. Now, you know, there's also a lot of other reasons why I like those cards. I've done, you know, plenty of, like, spreadsheets and math and trying to figure out who's the best and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it's still very subjective, but to me, those are the guys I wanted. And they're both lefties. I knew they were my most important hitters. I like having my most important hitters be two and four in my lineup. And I like them to be the same handedness, so I'm alternating handedness from one, two, three, four. Those are my two guys. They were pretty much locks for my lineup day one. And that was that. From there, I needed to figure out who I wanted to hit first and third and maybe fifth. So, as far as leadoff, I ended up prioritizing having Jason Kendall pretty high. Pretty much solely because he was a prize card. And I think he is a reasonable and defensible choice, but not necessarily the optimal one. Like, I don't think you have to have Jason Kendall. But for me, he was my prize card. I was playing in a division where one of my opponents was going to be stealing a lot. So a high defense catcher is pretty nice. I could defend having a pretty high speed player hitting first. I do like that he is a righty with R plus two that messes with a lot of pitchers handedness. And in general, I could defend this card. So Jason Kendall was my leadoff hitter. And you know, if I was talking optimally, somebody you might somebody I might have gone with otherwise would be somebody like Chris Bryant, who's really good in this position. But I want I wanted Jason Kendall. I knew I wanted him because he was a prize card and I could defend his use and I could at least make some use out of what he provides and lead off the best place for him. So that was my priority. Just for personal reasons, he's my prize card. I wanted to use it. And then from there, three and five hitters are fairly flexible. So at this point, I need to have a, I know that I want my three hitter to be 
a pretty good hitter. Like, I know I want my three and five hitters to be pretty good. I don't know... I don't think I have in mind a particular person that I need to have in those positions. But I do want to have those hitters be good, right? I don't want to put a 100 salary hitter batting third. So I put some place, I, you know, I put some players in there that were about the salaries I was looking at. And then I figured I'd come back to that later to figure out what my priorities are. And then from there, I, I started building my bullpen. And my bullpen priorities were basically I wanted two, two players that can use setup man. And so I needed a lefty and a righty. I wanted one pretty good long reliever and one okay long reliever. I wanted one very good just shutdown reliever I could bring in whenever I want and we'll just kill it. And... For my other three relievers, I know I want at least one to be pretty good. And hopefully the other two are semi-usable in some circumstances. So, you know, to go back on that, I want the, the setup man relievers to be good. I want the shutdown reliever to be good. I want one of my long relievers to be good. And I want one of my other middle relievers to be generally good. Right, So that's five relievers that I know I want to be pretty usable in any circumstance. And the, the, I come to that conclusion just because, in my experience, that's kind of what I like. I wouldn't mind having a deeper bullpen, but that's kind of the minimum for me. Because if you go shorter than that, you know, especially with the starters that I'm running, you're going to run into some problems with depth. And... Even with that bullpen that I have, you're still going to run into a few problems here and there, but not a ton. You know, if you manage it right, you'll be okay. And so that's kind of the bare minimum I went in with. And so the first thing that I went to was, okay, who do I want to be my setup man, guys? Because your setup... You know, there's only a certain number of players that can use setup man. I want you. You need a hold icon or a K icon. So I kind of looked through, and I picked a couple guys. I need. I want one to be righty, and I want one to be lefty. So I started there. I generally want these pitchers to be pretty good. So at the very least, I want them like high 100s, low 200s, right? And so. I set my, so first I set my minimum, right? So I'm like, okay, at minimum, I want Mike Mayers and Tony Watson because at 170 and 210, those are kind of the minimum places I feel I'm going to feel confident using those guys. And they work really well together because Watson is a lefty with the righty plus two and Mayers is a righty with a lefty plus two. So they work pretty well together. They're different. They both use setup man, and you can kind of deploy them in different situations. So I kind of set that as my minimum. And then I needed a pretty good long reliever, and my default for that is Robbie Erlin. I like him a lot. I did look at other relievers. There are actually some 
generally pretty good relievers and at exactly 195 points. Um, the new Matt Whistler card is pretty good. Matt Andrees is pretty good. I don't know if it's Andrees or Andresi. I know it's Italian probably. So Andresi, something like that. Um, just imagine that I'm gesturing with my hands a lot while I'm talking. And so I start with, with Robbie Erlin because I really like him for a lot of reasons. He is a lefty, which I generally need more often. He has a righty plus two bonus, which makes him really nice to play matchups with. You know, I think the important thing to think about with, with multi-inning relievers is you don't want your pitcher to be dependent on the handedness bonus because if you're pitching multiple innings, you're not going to get that all the time. So you want them to be usable without it, right? And, and Robbie Erlin is a four-command pitcher with 16 outs, but he's got one X and he has a pretty decent back end of this chart with a 22 double and a 24 home run. So that's at least usable if you're not getting the handedness bonus on that particular at bat. But he gets the R plus two against righties and switch hitters, which to me is worth it because you're still going to get that bonus, I would say, at least half the time. And so that's worth getting. And the reason I like that is because if you're staggering your pitcher's tiredness correctly, a multi-inning pitcher like Erlen, you're pitching one inning one game and then two innings the next game. Because whether you pitch Robbie Erlen two innings with no game before or two innings with one inning before, it's still only one rest day, right? If Robbie Erlen pitches one inning one game and then one inning the next game, it's one rest day. If Robbie, any, if Robbie Erlen pitches no innings one day and then two innings the next day, that's one day of rest. If Robbie Erlen pitches one inning and then two innings, he still gets one day of rest. So if you're optimizing innings with Robbie Erlen, you're pitching him one inning half the time. And I like having at least some handedness splits there because you can use him as a one inning pitcher pretty situationally, you know, in the right situation well. You're going up against a lineup where you get that righty or switch hitter matchup for two of your three hitters. That's a great inning. And so, you know, with a guy like Whistler or Andresi, they're just straight up four command. And that's not bad, right? For those two inning games, those pitchers might be a little more reliable. You know, a little, little easier going, but in general, for those one-inning starts, they're just kind of hope for the best, right? And they might be fine, but I think using Erlen situationally with the R plus two and getting that against righties and switch hitters gives me a pretty good option to, you know, pretty consistently get a really good one inning out of him. The second inning sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But I still think on average, your righty and switch hitter bonuses are going to give you that advantage probably at least half the time and against most lineups. And so I'm comfortable with that even in a two inning situation because if I'm getting that bonus half the time, I'm getting my money's worth. So... I'm cool with that. So okay, that's three. That's three of my of my relievers, and 
Next, I wanted the bare minimum of what I wanted for a good middle reliever. And I landed on Brandon Kitzler. He's 5 command, 17 outs. He's basically the definition of a solid pitcher. He's got one clutch, which means he will be fine in late inning games. He has three defense, which means he'll be pretty good against stealing. He has one X, which means he's going to have pretty low volatility. He has a 22 double and a 25 home run, which means he's pretty good against power die. So in general, he's just pretty good. Five command, 17 ounces for a reliever is pretty good. And for 170, I think in general, it's a really good price. You know, obviously there are going to be some pitchers who could be a little bit better. Like maybe you want somebody who is four command, 18 outs and has a way better end of the depth chart, or you want somebody who is six command, 17 outs, and you're trading something else for him, right? Maybe he's one to three X instead. But Kinsler is just all around good. I wanted a pitcher like that. Because that's kind of, you know, for me, I want low volatility. And the reason I want low volatility is because I think I'm a pretty good manager. And I think, generally speaking, results bear that out. So if I consider myself a good manager, I'm probably thinking I'm going to be better than most of my opponents, at least slightly. And if I think that's the situation where at least, let's say I think at least half of my opponents, I'm at least slightly better than. Well, then in that case, I want to play those opponents straight up because the less volatility there is in the game, the more likely I win. Because in a straight-up even matchup, if there's fewer random randomness in the outcomes, I'm going to win more often, right? Whereas if I'm pitching somebody who has 3x, who has obvious flaws, I'm giving my opponent outs to win that you know might just be luck, right? If I throw a 3x pitcher out, that's more likely that I just happen to roll a few mistake pitches and boom, there goes the game. So I want to lower the randomness in my particular situation. So I really like the 1x pitcher. And then I wanted to get my kind of other long reliever who is not great, but will eat up some innings when I need him. And so for that, I chose Derek Rodriguez. He's three command, 18 outs, three X. I know I just talked about X, but I'll get to that. And he's three innings. And the reason I chose him is because I need somebody who is going to be fairly cheap, who will get to pitch when the game is a blowout and will pitch a lot when the game is a blowout. And I know I want this because my starting pitchers are low innings, so... If I score a bunch of inning, bunch of runs early, or my opponent scores a bunch of runs early, regardless, my starting pitchers are probably done in the fourth or the fifth. So I need somebody to eat those innings. And if the game is maybe not always over, but close to over, I don't want, I don't need to expend my whole bullpen for that. So Derek Rodriguez is kind of my guy for that. And the important thing for me is he's not terrible. I mean, he's bad, but he's not terrible. He 
When he's pitching, it is pretty likely he will give up a few runs, but he is still okay. And the reason I like that is because if I'm down five or six runs, I might throw Derek Rodriguez in there because the game's probably over. I don't want to waste all of my good pitchers. But Derek Rodriguez has a good chance of at least holding the fort down for those innings. Like, maybe he'll go up a run. Maybe he won't. But he at least gives me a chance of, of catching up. And if in those innings I score a bunch of runs and I'm back in the game, I can take put somebody else in. So I don't want my long reliever to just be terrible because then I'm just giving up the game completely. But I think there's a range of games where I think I'm out of it, but maybe I'm not. And Derek Rodriguez is really good for that. And I think he's a really good value. So for me, that was kind of my guy I wanted for that role. And then from there, I thought, okay, I want to get my shutdown reliever. And my guy for that was Tommy Hunter. 20 Tommy Hunter. Um, he worked really well for me before. I think he's really good value for the cost because he's 19 outs. He is a righty with 5 command and L plus 3. So you're going to get that L plus 3 against lefties and switch hitters. You get to use it really well. He has positive clutch, 1x. You know, yes, you could go higher. Right? You could go to Dellen Batanzas. You could go to Koji Uhara. And if I have points for that leftover at the end, maybe I'll go there. But if I don't, I think Tommy Hunter is the kind of person I want in that role that is a reasonable option. And if I end up needing the cut points, you know, maybe I could go a little lower, but I don't want to go too much lower. Like, that's kind of my guy. So I go there. And... My last two reliever spots I know are not going to be that great. So I kind of leave those alone for now because I don't know exactly how many points I have. So then from there, I go back to my lineup and I say, okay, I need to get a good three hitter and a good five hitter. And I know at this point, I know based on my salary that I'm going to have to implement platoons in my lineup because... I'm getting close to the end of my points already. And so because of that, I know that I want my three or my five hitter to be a shortstop because shortstop is really difficult to have a platoon for. Pretty much every other position has good platoons that I like. Shortstop doesn't. So if I'm looking at... You know, high 300s, low 400s, high 400s for a shortstop. I have a few options that I like. Uh, Ketel Marte is somebody I really like. But considering I'm betting, I'm hitting, I'm hitting this person in the 3 or the 5 spot, I kind of want more power than that. And so I ended up on Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette is interesting because he is 11 on base with a 14 double and 19 home run but he has l plus three and the reason i like Bo Bichette is because otherwise on my lineup i don't have a ton of l plus and if i think of what i'm going in with as the best pitchers right so if i'm looking at my my rotation i'm saying 
the best pitchers are Kirk Reeder, Matt Moore, and Julio Arias, all of which are lefty pitchers. So in my mind, those are the guys I should be fearing the most. So having at least, you know, having Bo Bichette is nice as at least one guy who can take those on. And I don't necessarily want to stack my lineup against lefties because, you know, my opponents, everyone's going to have different teams. And I don't want to just completely leave myself open to something else. But that's a nice kind of um, tiebreaker as far as who I like. Like, if I'm looking at a couple guys and I think, oh, you know, Bobish, that's a really good fit in this lineup. I could use somebody that kills lefties. I fear some lefty pitchers a lot. I'll go with him. So I like Bo Bichette, and he could really bat three or five because he's got enough power to hit in either position. Generally, in my three spot, I want a hitter who hits lots of home runs because the person who hits third is the most likely to be batting with two outs and nobody on. And in that situation, a home run is really good because you're not relying on a late-ending rally. You're just hitting a home run. So, I want somebody who hits home runs there. Bo Bichette is pretty decent at that. He's got a 19 home run, and he's got some good on base against lefties. So, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with him hitting there. But, you know, I don't have to. And I'm looking at my other players that I like, and... I'm looking at Jay Buhner, and I'm a Seattle baseball fan. So Jay Buhner is somebody that I definitely want in my lineup if I can fit him in. And there might be better options for the price. I really like what I can get out of him. Um, I think he's defensible. And the reason he's defensible is because, yes, I'm paying for the gold glove icon. But he's a right fielder with the gold glove icon, which does give value to empty real estate in some situations. So empty real estate, basically you subtract to the pitch based on the dimensions of the left field in the stadium. But if you have a right fielder with the gold glove icon, you can use the dimensions of the right field in the stadium. So in some situations that can give you a bonus plus, you know, minus one or minus two to empty real estate. And a lot of the stadiums I was looking at at the time gave me that bonus. And so I thought, well, I'll put him in there and we'll kind of see how he fits once I get my stadium. And if he fits, you know, I might keep him. If not, I might not. But, you know, Gold Glove is also nice just because it allows me to deck climbing the wall, which allows me to rob a home run. You know, I have to roll a 14 or higher with him because it's a 6 to get up to at least 20 but you know i mean a 25 30 percent shot at robbing a home run is not bad and in certain situations that's 100 percent worth it so i don't mind having that option in my back pocket you know as, as something i can use it might not go into my deck every game but it's, it's a nice tool to have and i don't mind paying to have that tool available so that's kind of where I where I ended up. And now if I'm looking at Buner and I'm looking at Pichette, Buner has an 18 home run. So he seems to be a much more logical spot for the three hitter to me. So I end up having Buner in the three spot 
and Bichette in the five spot. And so to me, those top five are pretty cemented. Now, if I run into points issues later, I'm pretty likely to start looking at the three and the five spot to lower my points. That's something I may end up looking at. But I've already got like a good chunk of my team at least somewhat set up. So at this point, I'm looking at who I want to be my fifth starting pitcher. And for a lot of my teams, I deprioritize this a lot more. I just kind of threw in somebody. So in a lot of situations, I had David Hess because he's 105 points. I had a fair number of teams where I had Patrick Sandoval at 80 points. And I ended up deciding late into my team building process that I actually really valued a starting pitcher five that was a little bit better than those. I felt like there is a really big difference between a pitcher at like 150, 170, and a pitcher at like 80 to 100. And I thought that that difference was important enough that I wanted to prioritize having that. So at this point, I put in 2020 Chris Archer as my fifth starter. I like his card. He is command three with 18 outs, two wax, which for this price is fine, and he's 165 points. It's about as good as I can ask for for that price, and I like his price at that point. And so, okay, I'm comfortable with spending a few extra points at my starting pitcher five slot if I have to take those out of my lineup or my bullpen. I can probably live with it. And then at this point, my lineup, my, my salary is workable, but pretty, you know, we're running up against it. So now I got to decide how I'm going to do my bullpen. And I got two spots left. And I just kind of want those pitchers to be useful in some circumstance, right? So, a handedness specialist is not bad in those spots. A pitcher who you can just kind of throw in to eat an inning when you're losing is not bad in those circumstances. You know, these are going to be pitchers I'm pitching in low leverage situations where the game's not necessarily, you know, that important. Where maybe I'm up by a lot of runs or I'm down by a lot of runs and I kind of need somebody to pitch. But they're good for the situation, right? So, first thing I did was I put a lefty specialist in. And for me, that's Stephen Tarpley. He is 105 points. He's a lefty with three command and L plus three. Perfect for that role, right? Not going to pitch a ton. Not somebody I'm going to super rely on. But if I get a couple lefties coming up, he can steal an inning there. Perfect. And then... For my next pitcher, I wanted somebody who is cheap, but like, you know, will be okay. And so for that, I put in Phil Maton, who is 85 points, 4 command, 17 out. You take it. And then I start doing my lineup. And then I'm like, okay, so my line, my, my bullpen is set. My rotation is set. Um, 1 through 5 of my lineup is set. The other thing that I knew I wanted was Billy Hamilton hitting 9. I actually probably decided this a lot earlier than this, but I knew I wanted Billy Hamilton hitting nine because slap hit with Billy Hamilton is really good. 
So he was already he was already hitting nine at this point. So I need six, seven, and eight. I have very few points left. So I say, okay, I'm definitely using at least one platoon, possibly two. I mean, at this point, I have very few points. So I'm just thinking, okay, what is the bare minimum that I can be okay with? And so I thought, okay, the bare minimum would be two platoons and somebody starting that is cheap, but fine. So I ended up with Ty France as my everyday starter who is cheap, but fine. He filled that role in Polar Power. I really like his card. It works pretty perfectly. And next, I need to figure out my platoons. And so the easiest platoon for me was at first base with Ronald Guzman and Greg Bird. I love both of those cards. I think they're really good value in a platoon. And that was a pretty easy choice for me. Uh, those, you know, those are kind of my guys I wanted. And now I'm looking at points and I'm just like out of points at this point. Like I really, I, I don't have any points. So I needed a platoon for either second or third. And I have one lineup spot and three spots on my bench. And I'd already played around with doing a four-way platoon before, and I really liked it. So I wanted to do it here. And so I decided, okay. Um, I really like having a righty who hits... Who, I need a righty with R+, plus, a righty with L+, plus, a lefty with L+, plus, and a lefty with R+. Plus. So if I look at my options that are cheap... By far, the most limited option is a lefty with L+. There are very few good batters that do that. All right, like there are some 50-point batters that do that, but they suck. And so if I'm spending any points to move up anywhere, it's going to be there because there are 50-point batters that I like at every other spot, right? So if I'm looking at righties who hit well against lefties, Pat Vileka... I'm good with him, right? He's 50 points, bare minimum. I like him. If I'm looking at a lefty or switch hitter that hits well against righties, Robel Garcia, Greg Allen, there are guys I like. If I'm looking at somebody who is a righty who hits well against righties, Sheldon Noisy, perfect for that. So those positions I got. Like, I know I can fulfill those at minimum value. And so... At lefty with L+, plus, I ended up with Vimeo Makin because he is by far the best value at close to 50 points. He's 75, and the 50-point options at lefty L-plus batting are really bad. So I decided, okay, that's the most restrictive thing. That's what I wanted. And so I ended up with that, and that's my bench, and that's my team, basically. And I was over budget by, like, I don't know, 30, 40 points. So I have to look around and decide what is the least important thing to me here. 
I could look at lowering my three or my five spot. The difficulty with that is my five spot's a shortstop. There aren't very many shortstop that I think are good hitters in that price range. And my three hitter is Jay Buhner, who I like for various personal reasons because I'm a fan of his team and I kind of wanted to use him. So I kind of didn't want to touch him if I didn't have to. I didn't want to mess with any of my top four starters. And I'm, I kind of decided I didn't want to go below like 150, 160 at my starting pitcher five, which I would have to in order to fit my team under salary. So at this point, I'm looking at my bullpen. And if you look at your bullpen and your, you know, your least important pitchers are the bottom, right? You know, if I'm throwing Phil Maton into the game, I am not expecting him to really do anything special for me. I'm not I'm not throwing him in there in really important situations. So that's kind of my first place to look to cut. I love Phil Maton for the price. I think he's great, but I value him less than I value the other spots in my bullpen, right? I'm not going to, I would rather have a lefty specialist like Tarpley over having Phil Maton. I would rather have really good, you know, I'd rather have Tommy Hunter and two setup man guys and a good long reliever and a good middle reliever and a good cheap long reliever than Phil Maton. So Phil Maton's the guy that I need to get cut. And so if I'm looking at guys to get cut, um, I looked at guys I could use in that situation, and I landed on Taylor Williams because he is two command with 17 outs, but he has one X and 25 home run. So I'm never going to be throwing him in thinking with any expectations at all. I'm just throwing him in thinking, well, you know, I'm probably losing, but we'll see. And... But the plus side is he, if he gets the advantage, he's got a good chart and he's not going to give away the power die too much. So that's a plus. And they, that was probably what I was going to use Phil Maton for anyway, was I'm probably losing. I just kind of throw somebody out there. So I'm kind of okay with Taylor Williams being that guy. I don't love it, but I got to make a cut somewhere. That's where I'm at. And then I have 10 points left over, and I'm looking at where to put those. Not a ton of great options to increase my platoon. They just feel more like I'm not really doing anything other than spending points for no reason. I like the guys I have in my lineup. I like my rotation where it is. So it's probably going to be the bullpen. That's the most flexible, generally speaking. There isn't a guy that I like at 285 above Tommy Hunter. There are not any setup man options that I like that are 10 points more expensive than Watson or Mayers. There is not a multi-inning reliever I like more than Robbie Erling. There's not a middle reliever I like more than Kinsler. So I looked at Stephen Tarpley and I looked at AJ Minter at 10 points more. 
Now, AJ Minter is two command instead of three, but with an L plus three as well. But he has 17 outs instead of 16, and I thought, well, maybe that's better. I did some I did some uh, stuff with the lineup sim. Shout out to the lineup sim. Go use that. And I determined that actually AJ Minter is, is better against Tarpley. Better than Tarpley in all the situations I'm going to be using him in. Tarpley's going to be better if I'm using him against Babe Ruth, but I'm not throwing him against Babe Ruth, right? I'm using this against the bottom of the lineup. And against bottom of the lineup hitters, Minter's going to be better because you want your chart to be better against lower hitters because you're more likely to get on your chart. So I wanted, I wanted Minter, and I went, okay, I'm cool with that. And then, at this point, I had to look, you know, we had to pick stadiums. And I thought, well, I have all these platoons. Cincinnati is a stadium that I'm probably going to get, because it's not that popular. It's a stadium that I'm probably going to make more use of than most of my opponents, because I have a four-way platoon. So I'll go with that. And I ended up getting it, and I looked at my team, and I thought, I don't really need to build around this team. Like, Cincinnati batters that are pinch hitters get plus one to the swing. I mean, that's fine, but I'm not I'm not going to say I have to have a Cincinnati hitter, because then I'm saying, okay, I need to find 70 points somewhere to fit Josh Van Meter into my team. I'm not, I'm not finding that anywhere. That That's worth it, right? And so... That already worked pretty well with my team. It's a stadium where you get an extra minus one with empty real estate if you have a gold glove in right field. And so that worked really well for me. I already had Jay Buhner in there. And so I really didn't change my team at all for my stadium. And most of the time, that's what ends up happening with me. I would say most of the time unless you have a few very specific stadiums you're probably not changing your team too much based on the stadium but this would be where you would do that that tinkering you know maybe there's somebody in the three or the five hitter slot that fits the stadium that's pretty equivalent or maybe there's a pitcher that's equivalent in the bullpen i could use something like that but in general, I'm probably not basing my team around my stadium unless I go in thinking, okay, I'm using New York A, right? In that case, sure, you you probably need to build around that. But otherwise, I mean, eh, you don't really need to. You kind of just, you, you tweak on the margins, but your core identity of who the players you want the most are should be kind of separate from that um, in the vast majority of cases. And at that point, I had my team. And so I think the moral overall message I'm getting is start with the least replaceable roles, right? So for me, that was my rotation. I had a very specific restriction on what I wanted my starting pitchers to be. I started there. Had to have those guys. I said, for the top of my lineup, I want very specific guys. You know, especially two and four. And for personal reasons, probably one and three. And for logistical reasons, five is going to be pretty tough to find another replacement, right? And for the bullpen, I want certain guys for certain roles. I want them to have a variety of handedness bonuses. 
right? I need some righties, I need some lefties, I need some R+, plus, I need some L+, plus, I need some guys to do setup, man. I need a long reliever, I need, an, you know, an expensive-ish shutdown reliever, I need a middle reliever, I need another long reliever who sucks, but is okay, you know. And so, by the time I filled out all of that stuff, I didn't have any points left over, because I had a pretty narrow window of stuff but maybe you fill out the minimum of that stuff and you have plenty of points left over cool you could put those points back in now right but i put in the minimum of what i would be comfortable with in those positions which is fairly high right like to me i'm not gonna say my minimum for a three hitter is 200 points no like i want 300 400 points for my top five spots so i went in with that right I'm not saying, well, you know, at minimum, I, I'm cool with all of my relievers being 110 points. Like, no, I want good relievers. So within what I am comfortable with, I set my minimums, and they ended up being extremely close to the salary. And so I didn't have extra points to play with. But maybe you do, and you end up having points to play with. Cool. And so, yeah, you start with the thing, the little least replaceable Start with the least replaceable and go from there. And that was how I ended up building my team. I chose my coaching staff pretty much just based on what I think were the best coaches. I ended up with Tori Lavallo, and I ended up with Rick Eckstein, and I ended up with Andrew Bailey because I think those are the best coaches. My team is not built around any specific identity so if you're going with a speed team you might change your coaching outlook right but i would say you probably choose your coaches based on your team not the other way around and my stadium choice was mainly based on what team i wanted to run already you might do a little tweaking here and there at the end but not you know you don't want to sacrifice everything to get a stadium bonus that is like okay right yeah yeah think about what the trade-off is and that is how i built my team and how i would recommend building yours you know to, you know like i said don't pick the exact same players but that's kind of how you should be thinking what is the least replaceable i have to have these guys on my team and maybe if you're playing you know, for fun, your home league, you're thinking is, I have to have these players for my favorite team. Okay, cool. Right? Start with those. You know, I'm building this for a competitive league, so for the most part, I'm thinking about this in a competitive lens. There are a few guys I'm picking for personal reasons, but I'm also not picking players that are terrible, that just don't fit with this team at all, right? Like, I'm a Seattle baseball fan. I didn't go in thinking, I have to have Ken Griffey Jr., because as much as I would love to, I know I'm not going to get a good use out of that card. There's so much you're paying for. I'm not going to be using it all. There are better values. And as much as I hate to say it, I just can't use that card. I'm not, you know. So in a competitive setting, I have some personal val you know, personal cards in there. But they're not just personal. Like, they're defensible, right? But, you know, so if you're really playing competitive, you might not have those at all. And that's fine. But... You know, if you're playing at home, maybe you have a certain theme you want to go with, you have a certain team you want to go with, whatever. That's fine. Just whatever is the least replaceable on your team, got to start there. 
And then you go on from there. So that's how I built my team. And I hope that will help you build yours. And just remember that you don't want to pay for things that you aren't going to use. And my advice would be if you order something from Chipotle, just make sure you eat it. <laughs>